to a place that'll make you pop a chub. So let me take you to the Pen 15 Club. Famous Northeast Ohio comedian, Tim Wolf. How you doing? I'm doing good, buddy. How are you? <laughs> if I talk like that the whole time, would they believe, still believe that I was talking to you or would they think it was just you were just throwing your voice to sound like me? How did, how did you do it? Dude, say, say a couple more words in that voice. How you doing, man? It's good to be here with you. <laughs> are you are you like a fucking dude from Arkansas? Is that fucking? I'm from uh, Tennessee. I'm from Kingsport, Tennessee. What part of Tennessee is that from? Uh, it's about uh, 180 miles uh, east of uh, Knoxville. So it's not. That's true. So it's not in Tennessee, is what you're telling me. <laughs> yeah, because so- Knoxville, Knoxville is east. Is like the eastern edge of Tennessee, 180 miles east, and you're like in. North Carolina. Well, if you would have told me you knew geography, I wouldn't have lied to you. <laughs> no, it's really it's really funny because I've spent like quite a bit of time in East Tennessee because um yeah. I've only been to Kingsport, Tennessee. That's where my uh, dad is from. Well, he's from Gate City, Virginia, but he his like my uncle lived in Kingsport, Tennessee. So whenever I would go to the family reunion when I was a kid, I would go to Kingsport. But I I don't think I've been to any other places in Tennessee. I heard that um, a bunch of black dudes moved into Kingsport past year, and they're trying to petition to rename it Kangsport. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't honestly like that could be true or false, and I would I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> yo, yo, what you talking about, Kingsport? This shit Kangsport now. <laughs> yeah, oh man, I, if my my relatives would definitely have a problem with that. Oh, are they like are they like real racist southerners? I mean, like I, you know, they're the people that grew up in the South in like the fifties and sixties. So okay, so the answer is probably yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's like asking if people that like uh, you know people that grew up in um, the sixteen hundreds don't like electricity. That's true. <laughs> It's just so fucking funny to me because if there's one thing I love, it's having sex with chicks that aren't white. <laughs> so really? Have you have you done that? Yeah, a bunch of times. Sure. <laughs> but it's just funny to me that there's like there are people that are like still walking around that are like, yeah, you stick with your own or some shit, and it's like, what? <laughs> oh yeah, they want to they want to pull you aside like you don't know. Like, like they want to pull you aside and be like, I don't want to tell you this, but you're with a minority right now. And you're like, <laughs> yeah, and you're like, no, I know she's cool. And I like her. And they're like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, we just want to make sure that, you know, <laughs> it's, it's always weird to go down South. And it's like, you just went like 30 years back into the past. And you're like, what the fuck is going on over here? But when you go down to the South, you really have to seek out, and they're just yeah. like they're just like normal people. Like you have to go to like a weird, like out of the way place to find people that really look at you weird if you're not from there. Like that's it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it has to be like a deliverance type situation. Probably. Ex- yeah, like it's a it's it's got to be a place where like you need to be driving off the interstate on like a state route for like a good hour. Like wherever Huckleberry Finn and Tom Sawyer were from. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like Southern Missouri. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, were they were, were they Mississippi or no? They were what? they were they were Missouri. Oh, Missouri, really? Yeah, because Mark Mark Twain based it on his like his childhood, and he grew up in Missouri. That's crazy that Tom Sawyer and Nellie are from the same place. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, <dude. laughs> 
Well, the thing about the South that I always loved when I was a kid was that like I would drive through these back road, like rural areas with my dad and we would pass people outside their house and they would just like wave to us from their driveway. Like they were strangers, but they'd still wave to us like, Hey, how you doing strangers? And I was like, that's cool. But they don't, they, but I noticed they, they don't, they never do it when I'm wearing blackface. No, I don't know. <laughs> no, I, they probably, when you, when you do that, they probably, it's probably been so long since they've seen a black person that when they see a white person in blackface, they think it's a real black person. They don't know that it's like obviously like a fucking marker, like on someone's face. Like, like obviously this is not skin tape the sides of your eyes and you can also convince them that like you're Asian or something. Yeah. They're like, look at this guy. He yeah. looks like he's like Asian or something. And I'm like, no, I'm not. Talk some of that Ching Chong Chang to me. <laughs> 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 and you're just like, what? <laughs> Actually, that's, I could imagine some of the, I can imagine some of my relatives saying that, honestly. Dude, yeah, it'd be amazing if you went to dinner, like Thanksgiving dinner with your with your hillbilly relatives, and you put the tape in the corners of your eyes, and they just legit didn't know it was you. They thought that, like, your parents adopted, like, a Chinese kid. Yeah. <laughs> Even though you're a grown man, and they, <laughs> like, they adopted a grown Chinese man. They adopted a they adopted a thirty four year old Chinese yeah. man. <laughs> the guy in his thirties. <laughs> I have a brand new birth certificate with a new name on it. Yeah, what's what's the name? Lay it on me. I don't know. Something that gets you canceled. I don't know. <laughs> something that gets something in that general general <laughs> sphere. Hey man, whatever happened to your other kid? That that Tom Wolf fella. Could you imagine being gay and uncircumcised, but because, like, your dick looks like that, you can only fuck dudes that are also uncircumcised? And you live in the U.S., so, like, you know, if you lived in... Europe, <laughs> you live in the U.S. Well, I need to say, I need to say that, because if you lived in, like, fucking Europe or something, that, or and literally anywhere else on Earth other than the U.S. and, like, Israel, then you would be fine finding uncircumcised penis. Are you saying that gay uncircumcised men don't like gay circumcised men? Is that like a thing? I, I don't know, but I hope it is because that would be hilarious. <laughs> it was like some sort of like Crips and Bloods feud within the yeah. <laughs> gay community. Yeah, like the gay mafia or some shit. Yeah, that's crazy. Instead of, instead of getting whacked in the gay mafia, you get whacked off. <laughs> That was, that was, ladies and gentlemen, the worst joke I've ever made in my entire life. <laughs> Just save that one for the closer. I should have. That was, oh my God, that was terrible. <laughs> oh man. Let's get back to, before we started recording, we were talking about uh, doing, oh, doing the podcast live. And I'm like, I, I, I don't think it translates well to being live because. Almost more fun to watch someone bomb than it is to watch them do well, you know, because, well, I guess it's different. If you're a comic and you see another comic bomb, it kind of like makes you feel good because you're like, look at them bombing and it's not me. But then when the shoe's on the other foot and you're bombing, <laughs> you're like, oh no, this is like the worst feeling now. So it's like, <laughs> spoken, it's like, like a a, spoken like a true sociopath. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
<laughs> like, like, I don't understand this empathy thing until it's happening to you. And you're like, oh, so that's how that feels. <laughs> so that's how that feels. Okay. If you're Freddy Krueger and you're watching somebody else burn up, you're like, I remember when that happened to me. Yeah. And it's just like, it's like you're kind of glad. You don't want them to burn up, but you're like, I can't help but feel happy that it's not me. And it's also just like, it depends on the comedian too. Because if it's like a really bad comedian who who's bombing, you feel like, okay, he shouldn't have been up there in the first place. This is hilarious. Or if it's like a really good comedian, they're bombing, then you, you feel good because you're like, okay, even like really good comedians have bad days. And then sure. it's like, so you get like the bombing really like is underrated in terms of entertainment value. And I actually think that my friends, when I first started, they were only coming out to see me bomb. And then when I kind of like stopped bombing like as much, I think they got a little bored with it. So, um, and it, it like, it sucks too, because if they'd come out to shows more often, they would know that I still bomb, but it just like doesn't <laughs> happen as frequently. And then, uh, they would probably enjoy it more, but they're, they're, I think they're over me doing comedy now. So it's fine. Also, there, there is something to be said for like, I feel like people that watch NASCAR, I think there's a large percentage of people that watch NASCAR just for the wrecks. And I think with stand-up comedy, especially live stand-up comedy, there is like a certain percentage of people that are like, I hope this goes really badly because it'll make me feel better about myself to watch somebody fail yeah. in public. Dude, do people actually watch NASCAR for the crashes? Because I, I didn't know that crashes happened like that much in NASCAR. Um, like I only I know, like the one crash I know that somebody actually died in was I guess Dale Earnhardt, right? I could I could think of like five or six crashes off the top of my head, but like uh, Earnhardt was like the biggest. But it's one of those things where it's just like they go around in circles for so many times that you're just like something has to happen. Like so I wish somebody <laughs> would just wreck, and uh, you don't necessarily want people to die, but you you're kind of just like because it's just like life gets so boring, you just want to see people get into car accidents. Sometimes. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. <laughs> I just think I just think it's funny because like when it comes to like the actual sheer odds of like a crash happening in NASCAR, that would be like like leaving your house and like looking at a fucking skyscraper every day, just hoping that like somebody flies a plane into it because of you because of nine eleven. <laughs> yeah, well yeah. Like, I mean you imagine if you bombed on a stage and you're just like, no, oh, that was kinda like nine eleven, wasn't it? And then everybody's like, no, 3,000 people died on 9-11. You just did a like, break. Like the, like the entire audience fucking takes a stand against the joke. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, nuh-uh, that's fucked up, actually. <laughs> but There that, are some people, though, that if their 9-11 joke bombs, they feel worse than they did on actual 9-11 when they saw people dying. I'm sure there are people like that. They'll be like, I wish that joke hadn't bombed. Yeah, I and they're that. like, what, what about... My friends in uh, Chicago, well, former friends, since they ditched me in Chicago for no reason. But wait, 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 had, wait, hold on, hold on, hold the fuck on. He said they ditched you in Chicago. Yeah, they abandoned me in Chicago. I had to find my own way back. Are these friends from Chicago or from Ohio? <laughs> They're from Ohio. Like I knew them from the Youngstown Comedy like Syndicate. Like I knew that they were part of the Youngstown Comedy Group back in like the early days before I even started doing comedy. And then when I started doing comedy, I would see them at shows from time to time. They're twins, you know? I don't know why, like, but that seems, that seems ominous that they're twins. Oh, yeah, it is ominous it's because 
because when you live with twins, you're always going to be like outvoted, you know? Yeah. So well, if you, that sucks. If you live it, if you live with twins and they look the the exact same and sound the exact same and one night, like one of them decides to rape you, like how are you going to yeah. identify which one did it? Well, they're not completely identical. One of the, uh, their dicks taste differently. No, <laughs> <laughs> I I knew that you were going to go in that direction, and I still thought it was that still made me laugh. <laughs> no, I never, I never blew them. Thankfully, after what happened, I would have been real sad if they did that shit. And I was like, but wait, I blew them, and then I would have been mad. But uh, they they started talking to me about moving to Chicago in two thousand like seventeen. I remember they pay, they they were they, they like messaged me on Facebook because my friend was trying to move to Chicago and then that fell through and I I think I'd mentioned on Facebook that I was trying to move to Chicago but it didn't happen well, yeah. so they contacted me and they were like hey we're thinking about moving back to Chicago because like like uh, we used to live there and so we went to like Waffle House and like I think they wanted to see if I was cool enough to like move to Chicago with because we never actually hung out before so I remember we like oh went to so Waffle you never House. you never knew them. You only I mean, talk, I knew them. You only talk from I talked to them at, at shows, but we weren't like friends. Okay. And, and then and when your, we started your barometer, talking, your barometer for that was Waffle House. <laughs> and then we started talking and, and like we ended up like becoming really good friends. And uh, so we moved in 2018 to Chicago, like February 2018. We moved there because uh, one, the, one of the twins had a friend that lived in Chicago and he was like, his girlfriend had just broken up with him or whatever, or he had broken up with her. And uh, he was like, I have like space in my apartment. It was a two bedroom, but he was like, you guys can move to Chicago and it could be like four of us in a two bedroom. And uh, like the rent would be super cheap. And I was like, yeah, I've always wanted to go to Chicago and like see kind of what the scene's like out there. So we, I moved there in 2018 uh, February and then like halfway through the lease the twins decided that they didn't like the dude we were living with like they had this weird problem with him where they're like he's being weird and I was like he's always been kind of weird though and they're like yeah but he's being weirder we're gonna leave and I'm oh, like no. yeah and I was like Fuck. I was like wait a minute like you're just gonna leave before the lease is up and they're like yeah we just we don't feel like what you know, we, don't, we, don't, we just don't want to be here anymore, you know? And I was that, like, is, okay. that is fucked up, dude. So they left, rent doubled, and I lost one of the two jobs that I had because it was, I worked you, at Wrigley Field. Uh, and, and you just, uh, and you got in trouble for stealing that baby, didn't you? Yeah, I stole a baby. <laughs> throwback, <Yeah>. throwback joke. <laughs> they, yeah, so they left, the Cubs lost the playoffs, and then I didn't have money. The lease was up in February, but I stayed through the whole lease, and uh, my friend in Chicago, like, he just got another roommate, so I left, and uh, moved back to Ohio from 2019 to uh last year 2020 and then those same twins were like what would you think about moving back to chicago and i was thinking in my head that it was the dude that we were with i was like they just didn't like him <clears throat> they're cool with me so we could probably like stick out the whole lease this time you know so i was like yeah let's go to chicago and uh one of my one of the twins had this like girlfriend who like uh she's a convicted sex offender she had sex with one of her students at school what yeah she was banging one of her students oh my god probably more than one but they only Jesus. had one 
only one of them like confessed to it, but she had emails in her like inbox from a, oh like a bunch of God. kids that she was teaching where she's like, yeah, let's meet up and hold hands or some shit. And you're like, you know, <laughs> let's meet up and hold hands. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, that's not what they were doing. I mean, you know, just like meet somebody in a dark alley and hold hands with them for a yeah. half an hour and then fucking right, yeah. leave. But uh, so anyway, they had, he had this whole thing with his girlfriend being like a weird, creepy teacher. And he was like, I don't want to deal with this anymore. She's driving me crazy. I just want to like leave and go to Chicago. And he's like, you can focus on comedy. And then I can focus. He was trying to like become a manager or like some sort of like entertainment agent. Mm-hmm. And he's like, if I could finish my degree and then you could get something going in Chicago, then I could manage you. And he had all these like ideas about how he would you know, like help me with my career and shit. And it was like nice of him to want to do that. So I was like, yeah, let's go to Chicago and see what happens. As soon as we get to Chicago, his girlfriend's calling him constantly, like all in his ear, five or six hours every day, just on the phone. Oh he has to like go, going outside to talk to her. She's telling him that she wants him to come back to Cleveland because she misses him and she can't, they can't get a house. It was funny because he had to call places in Cleveland before he left. And he was like, yeah do you guys uh he's like do you guys have housing for uh sex offenders <laughs> no <laughs> yeah. no yeah. and he's not he's not the sex offender and he's not the sex offender <laughs> and Tim. i'm like dude i'm like dude that's the most embarrassing shit if i had to call a landlord to be like yeah, housing for sex offenders and the guy's like oh we don't do that here and then he would sometimes he would throw out like it's my girlfriend like <laughs> like, like he would oh just offer that information because I was feel I was feel weird too about it. I'd be like, "Listen, dude, it's my girlfriend. You know, like it's not me. I don't I don't like little kids." Which, like, by the way, just sounds like a lie. Yeah, it sounds like a, a guy, lie. A guy saying it's for my girlfriend about being yeah. a sex offender yeah. sounds like a lie. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> <A> really? <laughs> Can you imagine if it was a lie and he was a sex offender <laughs> yeah. and he's blaming his girlfriend for it? Oh then... my God, Tim, did you, I can't. Why did you trust a guy who was with a sex offender? Because he didn't know that before they started dating. And then I. Oh I, no. Yeah, they started dating. And well, she was married at the time. So there was that whole thing. Oh God, that's even weirder. Yeah, he was like sleeping with this married woman who was a teacher, and that's how, he just thought she was cheating on her husband because he was an asshole, you know. Like, cause that's what a lot of girls will do when they go when they're bored with a the dude. They'll be like, he like is a piece of shit, and then like so <laughs> <Yeah>. I, <laughs> <laughs> that, there are a lot of girls that will do that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, it's been done to me. I, I don't think anyone has ever had like a bad review of me as far as like you know treating them but i like badly but i know that girls have gotten bored with me and just try to like trump up reasons why because i didn't i never gave them enough reason to like leave me because i would always be nice so they would have to be like try to like get me mad and be like say like mean shit to me like you know when we met i wanted to fuck your friend and i'll be like well that's all right he's a nice guy and then they'd be like fuck that didn't work at all then, what the fuck is wrong then, with this asshole? So my friend, the twin, he, uh, I just, I think he got into a situation with this girl where, you know, it's like how I am with girls, you know, it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm alone so much that I, you know, you, you start like being like, I'll be with anybody if they can fucking like seem, seem to like tolerate me and appreciate me. So I think it was that, that way with him too. 
where he was like, she's nice and she's into me. So I'm just going to see where it goes. But then like right before we moved to Chicago in 2020, he found out about the sex offender thing and she was facing jail time. And he's like, if she goes to jail, I'm not going to like wait around for her where I was like, all right, he's in a bad relationship. He wants to get out of it. I want to try to do comedy in Chicago. And uh, I wanted to, I wanted to get booked at Zany's cause I, that always looked like a really cool club to do. So I was like, let's go to Chicago and then I'll try to get into Zany's and we'll see if I can actually get anything going with comedy. So we moved there. Like I said, he's on the phone with her like for at least five hours a day and all this stuff. And, and then all of a sudden one day he goes, so I applied for a job, but their office in Chicago was closed. And the only office that they have open is in Cleveland. <laughs> so I, and I was like, what a coincidence that the one, the one city that your fucking sex offender girlfriend wants you to move to is the only, <laughs> is the only fucking office open. Like it's, it's not, not, it's definitely not that he was looking for a job in Cleveland and got a job in Cleveland. That's <laughs> yeah. He was looking for a job in Chicago and they said, unfortunately, you have to move to Cleveland uh, and, you know, you can bring a sex offender with you because there's no school <laughs> nearby and all this shit. So it was just turning this thing where two months into the, the like one year lease, he was like, well, we got to move back to Cleveland. And I, I couldn't afford the place on my own. And his brother oh wasn't going to like, his brother wasn't going to like stay with just me there. So I was like, I'm, I'm faced with the prospect of staying here and trying to like, like afford the place on my own, which is impossible or like bring in two people that I don't know to be roommates. And I've always been weird kind of living with people I don't know. So I was like, you know, I'm just going to come back with you guys. And then the day we were going to leave, this was back in December, the day that we were going to leave, I tried to get a car. I tried to rent a car because they had said they got a u-haul and they didn't get a u-haul with three seats they got one with just two so <laughs> I, I had a feeling that was i i know and and, and they're in their defense i had said that i was thinking about staying in chicago because i had a room that i could have taken but i only thought about that realistically for like three or four days and they had like a week after i told them that i was going to be coming back with them to like either get a new truck or the, like figure out some way for all of us to get back. But they decided just to like keep the two person truck. So I tried to rent a car to come back on my own and enterprise rent a car was like, you need a Illinois driver's license to, oh, to like yeah. rent a car from us. And I was like, why, why, why do I need an Illinois driver's license? Everyone that rents a car from enterprises from Illinois, why are they renting a car? Right. Yeah. If they live in the state doesn't make sense but i was like hey i can't get a car so i'm gonna have to like come back with you guys in the u-haul and uh he was like yeah we'll figure it out but he didn't look sure at all about figuring it out <laughs> and then, Tim, and then this, so, is, this is amazing yeah. i'm so sorry that this happened to you yeah well here's what happened at the end of it at the end of it he got the u-haul and he's like well there's room in the middle we might be able to like sit, sit you in the middle if we get like a folding chair or something. Oh my so, God. So him and his, him and oh his brother went to Target to get some stuff. And they told me, they're like, yeah, Target has a folding chair. For like $25. If you buy the folding chair and sit in the middle, you can come back with us. If you so buy the folding chair. I bought the fucking folding chair. <laughs> they made me buy the fucking folding chair. <laughs> <laughs> That's so fucked up. 
It was the most fucked up folding chair I've ever bought in my life. Like just in terms of and uh, and so I bought the folding chair. I had it for like half an hour. We tried it in the U-Haul and it worked fine. And I was like, all right, it works fine. And they're like, yeah, that's cool. And then, so I pack up all my shit. I put it in the U-Haul. And then when I leave the U-Haul, they're kind of like out they're outside smoking and they're watching me put my shit in the u-haul but they're not helping me and they look like (laughs) and they look like pretty sad about something and i'm like what's going on and they're just like we don't think you should come back with us (laughs) yeah i'm I'm standing there holding my fucking folding chair and i'm like what are you talking about and they're like well, we don't want to get pulled over because we're we're we have you in the middle. <laughs> like if someone sees that it's a two-person U-Haul and you're in the middle, we could get in trouble. And 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 I was like, "Are you fucking serious right now?" And they're like, "Yeah, we just." I was like, "You just emptied the apartment. I had no furniture in there. All the shit we had in the apartment was from it was them. The, it was in the U-Haul. So I had I had an empty apartment with, and I had one folding chair." <laughs> And that's literally all I had left. And I was like, you guys are just going to strand me seven and a half hours away from my house oh my God. In, in the middle of a fucking pandemic. Oh, and then the one, the one, the one dude was like, why don't you blame somebody else? Oh my God. The and only I was like, oh my, I've never, I actually told him, I was like, I never, I've never wanted to fucking murder somebody so much in my life. Like right dude, now. I, I would have like, dude, I'm not even kidding. Like I would have lost it. That, that folding chair would have been like, they one of them would have been wearing that folding chair like i i seriously thought about it but then i was like i already have enough problems with trying to figure out how to get back and i don't want to have to go to fucking jail on top of it so i was like man i'll just put the folding chair down and then i went back into the apartment well i actually he said something else too that pissed me off he was like he was like i just can't afford uh like a police record right now i have a lot of stuff going for me and i was like what do you have going for you? You have your, a your sex offender girlfriend. girlfriend who already proved that she can't be faithful to her husband. So she's just going to do the same thing to you that she did to him. Plus you have a fucking degree that you got from Arkansas state online that you need a work ethic to applicate and you're not going <laughs> to fucking you have no work ethic. He wouldn't even like, he got a job at Wrigley field, just standing there watching baseball games and he couldn't even do that. And I'm like, you, you're going to tell me you're going to sit from like nine to five on a computer Monday through Friday doing marketing work. You're fucking crazy. I would argue that I have more going for me just doing fucking water street tavern on Mondays than they did because the fucking his, his brother was just like, would just sit around and bet on football because it like DraftKings is legal in Illinois. So he would put like $5 on a college football game. And then when it didn't fucking pan out, he would just sulk around. Like he just blew his fucking kids tuition. I'm like, dude, it's just $5. What are you worried about? He's like, yeah, but I should have like won 500. And I'm like this sense of fucking entitlement with these people. He, he blew his kids tuition and his girlfriend blew their cocks. <laughs> well, yeah, he doesn't have kids. He actually, he like, he's a, uh, you know, they're they're both 29 but the one has has had like several girlfriends and the other one hasn't had any and uh it's just like he's gonna he's gonna go wherever his brother goes and i was always gonna be outvoted and even though i thought we got along pretty well in chicago i mean i thought everything was fine other than the girlfriend bothering him every day about coming back and it turns out i get stranded in chicago i had to figure out how to get back the next day and uh luckily like budget rent a car doesn't care where you're fucking from so i was able to rent a car from budget uh and leave the next morning 
But there was like the whole 12 hours where I was just in an empty apartment in Chicago by myself wondering like how many fucking bad decisions I made to end up <laughs> in that spot. To be, to be fair, they these guys fucked you over the first time in Chicago. Like what? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> what, made you, what made you trust them again? That's, that's my question. They fucked me over the first time, but I thought it was because of the other guy. Remember, they, they, they always have like a scapegoat when things happen where they're like, it's that guy's fault. And well, I'm so sure- at least now you know that they also didn't like you. <laughs> you weren't sure. Well, I think the, they- you weren't sure the first time, and I think the second time proved that I don't think they would have moved with me if they didn't like me. I think, I think they, I think he just let his girlfriend get to him and then shit just like, he just did whatever. She was probably telling him like, don't let him come back, you know, because it's just blah, blah, blah. Some weird shit about me or whatever. I, I guarantee you she had something to do with it. I don't think it was all his doing. Cause he, he did kind of like tear up when he was telling me I couldn't come back with them. And I was like, Oh, okay. You're, you're kind of sad about it, but that doesn't, <laughs> me want to beat your fucking head even any any less than i do so it was just one of those things where i'm like all right now i'm stuck in chicago i gotta come back and then i came back and he like <laughs> it was so funny because my mom I, I i told my mom about it obviously i'm like they just stranded me in chicago and then my my 70 year old mom like texts him and she goes oh no she's like why the fuck did you bring tim back with you and he and he texts her back and he's like He's like, it's not my job to bring him back. And also, he's lucky I didn't make him pay his share of the buyout of the lease. And like, because he paid, I forget what the money was, but the buyout for the lease, like he paid it all himself. And he told me, he was like, this is my business buying out of the lease. So I'm not going to make you pay any of it. But that pissed me off that he said that because it's like, how much money did you fucking cost me in 2018 when you dipped on the yeah. on the lease in 2018 and then rent doubled and you like stuck me and Al with the fucking like lease and now you're going to come tell me that I should have paid for my part of a buyout that I didn't even I wanted to live there for a fucking year. He only lived there for two months and then bitches out of the lease and then has the balls to be like, oh, you didn't buy, I didn't make you pay the buyout of the lease. It's like, fuck this fucking idiot. And then he he requested on Venmo $25 for utilities for my share a month after he made me find my own way back. And I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me. Like $25 is how much the folding chair was. (laughs) yeah i I thought this was going to go back to the folding chair at first no yeah he 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 basically (laughs) wanted he wanted the price of the folding chair that he made me buy for utilities and i was like if that doesn't speak to what piece what a piece of shit this guy is i don't know what will tim this these guys like ruined your life oh they (laughs) it's just to an extent like I mean, luckily I do stand-up comedy, so anything bad that happens is automatically like funny for people to hear about. So, I mean, this I is mean, true. I mean, this time and the last time you called into to the show, I, I was laughing at you telling the story of your own misfortunes. Oh my god, that's why I, that's why I feel like a fraud when people tell me I'm funny at comedy. I'm like, no, bad shit just happens. <laughs> it's like, no, no, this is just the story of my life. I'm just saying what happens <laughs> in my daily. It's like if I said I ate cereal and they laugh and they're like, you're really funny. And it's just like, no, I just ate cereal. But in this case, it's like, yeah, my girlfriend like had sex with another guy and like I got sad and then everyone gives me. <laughs> And then, <laughs> and they go, this Tim guy, he's really funny, man. And I'm like, no, I'm just really sad, and I talk about 
<laughs> I just I ate cereal, and then, and then the next time it's like I I ate shit. <laughs> yeah, I ate shit. <laughs> this time I ate shit. To be continued. Well, it's a podcast. Yeah, it's a blast. The whole thing's hosted by Old City Man, his regular guest. Yeah, it's the best. It's based out of Philly, it's America's breast. Yeah, it's the Pan 15 podcast. Hosted by Old City Man, Man, Man. Pan 15.